Talk Talks. What's up, everybody? Today is February 18th, 2018. I am Darren. He is Jal Horton. And we are two brown boys talking toys. And this is our first episode in a while. And so first happy new year, belated new year to everybody. And thank you for sticking with us. We're getting back to the grind. We both moved recently so we were just resetting up everything so we're getting back to it gonna start some new podcast for the year but around this time it's only one thing that we can talk about or spend most of our time about and it's black panther so before we get to that we're gonna do what we always do we're gonna talk a little toy stuff and since it's been a while what have you got in i've got a whole bunch of stuff but like my the top thing was like i got the I'm most excited for. I got the Solo Chigokin Megazord. I know it's been out for a while, but they released that they're going to do the Dragon Zord. So I was like, all right, so I got to pick this guy up now since they're going to do a Solo Chigokin uh, Dragon Zord. Okay. But I got him, and then uh, I got a few Mezco, you know, releases that have come out, uh, Deathstroke, and just whatever, you know, new Mezco guy has been released. I got those guys waiting for me just to be set up. And then um, I'm waiting on that. Uh, Ronald McDonald. Uh, <laughs> oh, the Uncle Burger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I ordered that guy. The um, Hot Toys Ronald McDonald Heath Ledger uh, figure, yeah. Yeah. So I ordered him. What about you? Well, before we get to me, can I ask you about Mesco? How many, about the Mesco um, pieces you got? Shoot. Um, how many Mescos did you have on pre-order or back order? Or whatever? Cause I know they were... Moving slow on some of their backwards. Right thing. now, I still probably have like fifteen on order or something like that. But okay. I probably, I probably own fifteen or twenty. Okay. I'm not sure how many because they're all in boxes. And as I was getting ready to move, I stopped displaying because I knew like six months before I was moving that I was moving, so I stopped putting stuff up in my old room, and I just left them in boxes. So I don't even know how many I have. I just know I'm like I got them all. You know, all the releases that they've released so far. Okay. and But, like, on like you said you got the Deathstroke. How is that? Or have you taken him out of the box yet? I haven't taken him out of the box yet. He's still just sitting there. Okay. Uh, so, I want to get back to moving to and twisted ups, too. Um, what I got, I really started off collecting at least Transformers on a very high note. I started with Unique Toys Perukia, per, per, which is their lockdown. That might be toy of the year. It might be the... Ooh. How is the articulation on him? Is articulation is good, not great, but good. But just everything else, the paint, the transformation. He probably has probably one of the top three transformations I've ever seen. And he got like it's it, cool. It's easy. It's like the movie. What? Well, it, like, it's like the movie because they use a lot of springs and stuff, and so like a lot of things pop in and out. Oh, and, that's awesome! Yeah, so like they use a couple magnets. And, like, the only thing um, articulation-wise that really he fails on is just hands. And so, like, to kind of do some of the gimmicks, they basically, they don't have articulated hands at all. It's just, like, one solid kind of piece that hinges and rotates. But he's amazing. So I posted earlier um, that if I had one piece, he may be the answer to if the house was on fire. He is, (laughs) he's amazing. So, like, I I started off on my collecting on a real high note. So I started with him. I got Fans Toys Galvatron, which is a premium piece. And so I started with those three premium pieces. I got, did I get a color? I got a couple of, um, well, I'll say that for later. I got 
a gigapower chrome um dinosaur coming tomorrow um sludge and i got iron factory bruticus and um my video for this month youtube is going to be can a legend scale piece be a premium figure because i know we always think about premium being like you know, fans, tours, or... Yeah, or I mean, it depends on what you call premium. If if premium means expensive, I don't think that's going to happen. But if premium means quality for, you know what I mean? I guess it depends on what your definition of premium is. Yeah, so that's the question. That's the question I'm going to pose to the community this month for my video this month. Because it's up, though. It's, it's really good. So I'm like, right now, I'm like, just in Transformers, I'm like three for three. And I, I don't know if... I got the Kylo Ren too, and I had bought two of them. I bought the Mayfax Kylo Ren because I I love what they're doing with Kylo Ren in general, but I really like the Force Awakens Kylo Ren. So I got Why, two of those. His shirt was off, huh? Because his shirt was off. Yeah, so like the Mayfax, his robe was too big, <laughs> so I got the Black Series to take his robe and use his robe on the Mayfax, which actually fits perfectly. So I'm very happy gotcha. with that figure. And I also did. I got some black on the Black Panther. Wave stuff. I got the Nakia. I got a Killmonger. Was and I think I got the Neymar. So I got some of those, and I got some. Huh? I got another one. I just forget which one. That's awesome. So, but we were talking about moving, and we both have moved recently or whatever. And so, you were telling me that like you your toy space isn't gonna be at least temporarily not as big as it is. You know, oh yeah, no, it's not going to be that what it was for a long time, if if ever. Because so, our, our our new house is just smaller. Okay, so how does that work? Like, how are you how are you dealing with the issues of like setting up and what are you deciding to display and just how to display and whatever? Because well, I got lucky. So my old house is like forty eight hundred square feet, forty acres in Missouri. My parents moved into it and are renting it from me. So I got to keep my old toy room there. Okay. So all, a lot of my toys, like like I said, I probably brought only like 5%, maybe 10% of my collection. I think like between 5 and 8% of my collection. And that's going to fill up this room here. I have like so much storage and everything in the other. Like I would have needed like a moving pod, you know, that company pods. Yeah. I would have needed one just for my toys. Like that's how big my toy collection actually is. Okay, so... Before moving to that, did you what? How did you decide what toys that you were bringing with you? Like, did you have some like these are my best, or did you have like these are, uh, just my 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 collections that I just felt were my favorites? Like, so I, I grabbed some of my Transformers pieces. Like, a couple of my favorite Transformers uh, collections are my Hot Rod collection, like the you know the Hinky Hot Rod or the classic yeah. Hot Rod. Yeah, well, I, I've got you know like nine different variations of that mold okay and then like the classes classics optimus i got like 14 variations of that mold and so i brought those you know because i like displaying those i'm i'm a sucker for this uh, the same mold repainted different colors okay <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with it so i cherry picked basically like and i know people uh, i hate to be one of those collectors that brings up you know money and how much stuff's worth but i, I did cherry pick and bring some of my more valuable uh, stuff or display here that makes sense now you are the type of collector who keeps uh, several copies right so one for display one for sale oh you know for future for value stuff, right? yeah definitely yeah. that happens for a lot like marvel legends dcu classics uh masters of the universe classics and then just oddball pieces here and there that i pick up doubles of if i can find it for a great price you know i i, I, I snap it up okay 
right. So fast forward to where you moved at now. Like you said, it's a smaller space, and I moved to a smaller space, and it helped me value detox a little more, or just storage a little more, or whatever. Like kind of because when when I in my space, you know, I was living by myself, so I can just put toys all over my house or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Oh but, yeah, the good old days. Right? Yeah, the good old days. But now you know me and my fiance are living together. You know, I got them confined to a room in the basement. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's not even that. So like, I'm confined to a normal bedroom and like a. Right. In like a new, no newer house, which is really small, and so, and not only is it toys, it's furniture stuff too, like a desk and all that other stuff. So, yeah. I, I have to find a way to kind of maximize that space. And for my purposes, details work for Transformers, but like I want to get into Marvel Legends and I want to do more dioramas. So I'm trying to figure out, like, would it be better to go to shelves for my Marvel Legends or what what to do with that? So it's just interesting that you're having the same dilemma that you have a lot of stuff and you know how to display it and you know how to display oh, yeah, it like, forward. Cause so. I'm, I'm like, just for example, like I own every Marvel legend <laughs> and I, I have pretty much doubles then there's, I'm missing two and I'm missing, um, a variant Psylocke, which was a toy biz Psylocke. And you're talking, there's, I don't even know how many are made. Maybe like 10, 15, 20. I don't know. I don't even know how many are made. And then there's a blue wasp, Toy Biz Wasp. Okay. There's three of the old Toy Biz Marvel Legends that are like super rare. And the other one's the Luke Cage, where he's got his silver shirt on. I got that Luke Cage. Instead of the yellow shirt, I got the silver one. So out of like the three super rare Marvel Legends, I have one of the three. Okay. Okay. I've held I've held the blue wasp before and that was could have been mine, but it was just too much money. <laughs> <laughs> too I understand. Much money. I understand completely. Talking G's. Talking I understand. G's. <laughs> like, uh, uh, oh, yeah. So you've been collecting the the, the builder figure wave too, the Black Panther builder figure wave too, right? Uh huh. Yep. I what, got two. What are your thoughts about it so far? Because it seems like, and we're gonna talk more about it when we talk about Black Panther. It seems like Marvel is taking a little more care with that property than any of the other properties or whatever so yeah no I, they, I think they've done a good job and this the face printing technology is still coming around and it looks like it's really done well with this wave i like it it's a good wave and it goes along well with the movie and it and it's tough because then you want to like army builds you know the, the build a figure yeah because there's there's just so many of her you know um variations you could use and just say hey that's my army of, of strong African women. I, I'm sorry, I, I forget the Dora Milaje. Yeah, that's that name. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, I. Uh, so, what did you think of the movie? Well, it was. Oh, the movie itself was. Overall, I, I really enjoyed it. It's not my favorite Marvel movie, but it, it's definitely a really good one. Um, certain parts of it drove me nuts. The, I mean, the, the, we'll just say spoiler. Spoiler alert, so we're talking about Black Panther, and if you haven't watched it yet, I would suggest not listening anymore. Um, but just a couple things that really bugged me was like the main fight scene, you know, at the end with Killmonger, that felt like a like a PlayStation game. You know, like, I don't know, the way they're swinging, in and it just, I don't know. No, nah, I know what you're talking about, because they... I know what you're talking about, because it, it, cause the first fight scene between the two was amazing. I mean, it was quick, but it was what it needed to be, right? You know what I'm saying? It's CGI, though. 
Yeah. It was real deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was awesome. Yeah. And to your point, it seemed like really bad CGI and they tried to use the the train, like the dampeners of the train to kind of match the fact that it was kind of like really, really bad CGI. And it just was an awkward scene in general and they tried to use the dampeners to kind of cover that fact. So I can I can agree with that. I can see where that was coming from. I Go ahead. No, I, okay, so let me, I have a question for you. Did you dress up when you went to go see the movie? No, I didn't, but I wish I would have. But Because a lot of people in um in the theaters I went to, so I went to see it. Did I see it? I saw it twice. I actually wound up seeing it three times. You sent me a link one time. But I saw it twice in theaters. And so, um, everybody, not everybody, the first one I went to it was kind of in like a, a racial neutral space. So it was it was a couple of people dressed up. Um, maybe like ten percent of the audience. The second time I saw it was in a predominantly black area, and it was like sixty percent dressed up. Cause in Atlanta, dashikis were the trend in like 2016, 2017 and you can get okay. them cheap. So, so like if nothing else, you saw a lot of people wearing dashikis. What about yeah. it? What about you? Did you did a lot? Of no, people- I would say probably like thirty percent of the people when I went to the movie theater, they were dressed up, and which was cool. But it was there was a. I don't know. I don't want to get political, but there was times during the movie, you know, like, I don't know, um, his sister. Oh, gosh. Uh, Zuri. Shuri. You know, it says, oh, colonizer. And then, like, we had a couple people like, that's right. And, like, stand up and, like, start yelling and shit. Like, went they went overboard during the movie. So it kind of took away from the movie. There's just a few parts that, you know, in the Black Panther movies, they said something and then. People in my audience like got crazy. It was awkward moments or whatever. So yeah. yeah. So so since let me, I guess we could talk about. It. We can get a little political. I talk about it from the black standpoint. So you like can hit black if that counts. For it me. does count. It counts for a lot. <laughs> so I mean, my fiance is white, so you know it's kind of. <laughs> but there were times in the movie that, like, depending on where you saw it, you could see the different reactions. So like you said, right. with the colonizer scene, it got quiet when they talked about. The slaves at the end with Michael B. Jordan, it got quiet when they basically Michael B. Jordan's whole character was kind yeah, of a right. Like what, at the end when he dies, right? He's like, oh, just throw me in the river like my uh, and or throw me over the boat like my ancestors. And yeah, then, yeah. People stood up and started going ape shit crazy at that point. Yeah. Like, so like, so you know, when the, of course in the pro black theater, everybody was going crazy, but in the neutral theater, it was kind of like, I mean, you got people who were clapping. <laughs> you got people who were clapping, but you got people like, oh. Okay, you know what I'm saying? And so, uh, it's, I have another podcast and it's more social issues and black experience. And so, um, people are going to talk about it from that standpoint in that podcast. But it's interesting that you said that because it, it was, his whole character was kind of like, and I was telling my fiance, it was like, it depends on how you want to look at race relations in the country because Michael B. Jordan character looks at it from a, past standpoint kind of like a Malcolm X which is hey the past hasn't been corrected and it needs to be corrected one way or you could look at it like T'Challa more of a Martin Luther King standpoint which is future like hey the past is the past and the line he said you know in times of trouble a wise person builds bridges whereas a fool builds barriers you know what I'm saying so like you could either look at it that way or the way Michael B. Jordan hey make everybody pay and so I don't know if that's the message that needed to be conveyed in the movie because it got, it got the movie didn't feel like to me, it didn't feel like a comic book movie as it felt like kind of a social awareness, a social commentary movie with 
comic book sprinkled in or whatever. If that make yeah, any sense. I agree with that. So I I thought that I actually thought Michael B. Jordan's character was good and bad at the same time. I thought he was awesome. Actually, he was my favorite part of the movie. He was good, but it seemed like because him and Ryan Kogler, the producer, I, I know they're like real close because he's been in Fruitville Station with him. He's been in Creed with him. And he plays those type of characters good. The characters with a chip on his shoulder because you could tell he's lived the, that type of life where he has a chip on his shoulder. But the way they did the movie, it seemed like they fit in the fact that he was from California and they wrapped that part around and tied the story kind of to that, which I loved or whatever. It's just interesting that he seemed kind of out of place in that whole movie because Every popular actor, every actor in that movie did some type of African accent itself for him. And it was just interesting to me. So. Gotcha. Yeah. He was my favorite part. Like, one thing that bums me out about the Marvel movies is, besides Loki, they keep killing off the main villains. And I liked Claw. Like, I wanted to see more Claw. Like, I love his attitude. It's interesting with Claw because, like, I was telling my girl, like, if you don't, like, you could tell people who don't really, like, who come to the movies and, like, don't even know any character stuff. Because I was telling her, I was like, Claw is like a D-list villain, you know, in the comics or whatever, you know what I'm saying? He wouldn't even make it to the party in a lot of, like, villains who's who's or whatever. But I thought they actually took a character who was kind of pretty obscure and made the movie Claw's better than the comic book Claw. That's been one of, you know, Black Panther's main villains for years yeah he's been but i'm saying like he wasn't like in the in the comic books he was kind of goofy looking and not as like hardcore as he yeah, was he's totally different than yeah 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 yeah. so like they took somebody who was kind of like like i feel like a filler villain kind of like you know he's a little trouble starter but not really a real somebody who, who who's gonna beat the superhero but in this come in this movie i felt like he was like a great villain and not even just him just how they tried, tied it to the Age of Ultron. Like, what his role was in this and the Age of Ultron. I was like, oh, shit, they did. You know, they made Claw. They made him a real villain. Somebody who I thought could beat Black Panther. Somebody who I thought was a real villain or whatever. So, um, I was yeah, I, like you. I was glad how they did that. Let me ask you this. Because I was talking to, you know, my girlfriend. and Well, not even my girlfriend. One of my buddies. And we were talking about just Black Panther and how him and Iron Man are kind of, and Batman are kind of all in the same space, super smart, super rich individuals. But the problem with kind of Black Panther is that he doesn't have like a Rose Gallery of villains that kind of takes him to that next level or whatever. So my partner was saying if he had like a, a super great villain who you knew, he would be, he could be more of a mainline character than what he's been in the comic books or whatever. So, did you have any thoughts on that? Or do you have any thoughts on that whole concept of he needs better villains to make him a better hero? Yeah, I mean, they, they definitely could. I, I'm not, sh- you know, yeah, definitely. I, I think, you know, from one perspective, everyone defines their heroes by their, their villains. You know, and how, how great a villain is, depend. you know, also reflects on how great a hero is. Yeah. Um, but, I don't know. I mean, yeah, he just needs... Like what this movie did for him, he just needs more face time with people to get him the better stories. You know, Black Panther. I mean, if you were to go back three or four years ago in the comic books, it's not necessarily that big of a deal. You know, until the MCU really started coming around, and then he's a big deal. You know what I mean? Like now he's he's a bigger deal. He's about to be the the what the largest opening for a Marvel movie ever. 
And he's a B-list celebrity. I mean, he's a B-list hero, right? So, like, when That's you... I'm saying, like, you, you wouldn't have expected... And it's kind of like Iron Man, Shellhead. He wasn't someone even people thought would have been, you know, like, the, it turned into Iron Man. Didn't, they didn't think Iron Man was going to turn into Iron Man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because Shellhead, he was just a B-list, B-list uh, kind of hero, too. You're right, because, like, when you thought... Of, growing up, we were both, like, you know... 90s, da na 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 those yeah, type. It's, it's more, yeah, the X Men, Spider Man, yeah, yeah. Spider Man, like, yeah, Shellhead, Iron Man was just, a, just he was there, you know, but he wasn't like, oh man, Iron Man's the greatest. Not yeah. like now. Yeah, it's interesting, like you said, how for both of those characters, the MCU have turned those and properties into like real profitable properties or whatever. And like you said, the challenge for them moving forward is going to be to find ways to have. You know, Black Panther, more screen time with Black Panther. And this can be a good time for them to kind of create their own roles, gallery villains. So you can be defined. So he can be defined as someone outside of this because they have to do a Black Panther 2, I would assume, with the success right, that right. got with this, right? So. Yeah, but yeah, it's just, it, it comes, I think it also comes hard to maybe even write for Black Panther because you got to really think like, in the in the comic book world, or you know, he's he's probably like the richest person in the world. You yeah. know, he's worth like ninety trillion dollars because of all the vibranium and everything like that. Yeah, and then he's rated like number eight, smartest. The, you know, is yeah. the eighth smartest. Which he, you know, in one comic, I think he's argued with someone that he was seventh smartest. Or, but you know, he's the eighth smartest dude in the world, and he's he's trained to peak. Plus, he's had the you know the um, heart shaped herb. Yeah. So, I've seen like people comparing him to Batman, and there's not really a comparison. Like, if Batman had time to prepare for Black Panther, Batman would win. But if Black Panther and, and Batman bumped into each other in in the alleyway, and it was our first time meeting each other, both Black Panther's gonna whoop Batman's ass. Yeah, and that's the. I mean, so like, and I, you he's can... got the technology, and he's got the smarts. He's got everything at his disposal. Plus. Even though Batman is trained to peak physical, da da da, so is so is Black Panther. So are their fighting styles. Like it's it's crazy. Like like I said, if Batman has time to prepare, he will always win. But if they were just to bump into each other, you know, on the back alley of Gotham one night, Black Panther is going to come out on top. He's got vibranium claws. Exactly. So like his it's, it's, suit. You know what I mean? Like Batman's not every punch Batman lands is just energizing a suit. Yeah, so, like, I mean, that kind of goes into why, like, a lot of people are grouping him, Tony Stark, and just, cause like you said, the ultra-rich billionaires who, you know, with some level of smarts. But what separates Batman, besides, you know, like I was saying, the villains, is also his, like, his dedication to, like, prevent his past from happening to anybody else, right? So, like, Batman, like, T'Challa is smart, but he's not going to train. He's, he's training, but not as intense as Batman. Batman is, to your point, he's on another level of focus that, you know, and determination that the other characters don't have. And you're yes, right. But one thing you always got to remember. So every Black Panther since the beginning of this is, has been a warrior, correct? Yeah. So when Black Panther becomes Black Panther, he gets all the knowledge and everything else of every Black Panther before him. Yeah. So doesn't that include fighting and knowledge and all that? So when he have generations of knowledge of warfare and all of that else from survival? He would. Swain's, you know, like, oh, I'm going to go prepare for two weeks. Like, no, this cat's got, I don't know, a hundred generations of grandpas. He could just call up and say, hey, what's up? I need some help. <laughs> That's a good point. You know? that, 
Like, there's no way. Like, I know, like, year by year, Batman's probably trained more and more intensely, but Black Panther has so much of that knowledge at his disposal, I wouldn't, I would have to think that some of it transcribes into his fighting, too. That's a good point. I didn't think of it like that. I, I, I'm glad you mentioned, like, the ancestors. So, like, my dad passed when I was young. The scenes were all of what both of the scenes where he talked to his dad and where he talked to and where Michael B. Jordan talked to his dad. Those scenes touched me like very much so. And so I thought that was really well done because you got to see like you just, for me, I got to see like what it would have been you like. you would want to see. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So like how how would you, and like even more so when he took his dad when he found out like what his daddy did and kind of took his dad to task for it because we always look at our parents as kind of like perfect or whatever and so like yeah, for, there are a litmus test for life exactly so for him to be able to challenge his dad and basically to come back a lot come back to life to right his father wrong you know that was like a really gripping scene to me that was actually probably my favorite scene in the movie honestly i really did like that or whatever so well, that's one of the things that you know we talk about you know t'challa's uh his dad and stuff and you know we just said that he got they got both got to see that, it just messed me up that I know we were talking about it kind of politically, but it messed me up that the that you know his brother killed him. Like that messed me up. That's like I don't know. Yeah, and, a black on black crime. You know, <laughs> I, I don't want to say like political, you know, too political or anything like that. But that's what that reminded me of. Like because, like I said, when I went to go see the movies, it was very I don't want to say very racially charged, but everything was kind of getting pointed out. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it was racially charged. I, I don't know if that's or, yeah. It was racially charged, and I don't know, like, that's why, to your point, it's going to be hard to write further, because this was kind of, like, like you can't keep writing racially charged movies, right? You know what I'm saying? Right. And so, that's why it's going to be even more so of a challenge to write further along. And so, I, I that scene kind of, I, I mean, it, was, it wasn't any surprise, any shock, what happened. Like, it was kind of like, the story was more linear in that way. It was like, oh, wow, you know what I'm saying? You can kind of, the way they... Right. The way they wrote it, you can kind of see that coming. But it was a, it was kind of, that was a plot hole to me. Like, yeah, you kill your brother, but like you said, why just leave them there? Like, it was literally yeah, no reason yeah. to just leave them there. And I understand they needed that to make, you know, Michael well, B. Jordan. the enemy, man. Like, from the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So, that was one of the things I thought was kind of, like, shallow. But, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, it's. This seems like a good standalone movie. One of the things that kind of disappointed me in the movie was that they didn't tie it into the upcoming Infinity War. And I thought it was like very low-hanging fruit to just say at the beginning when they talked about the vibranium. Like, it could have had a stone. It could have been charged with one of the stones or something like that. But they could have found that at the end that that's what made it, you know, so special was that it had a stone in it or anything. But I wish they would have, like, brought it back full circle to what's coming in Infinity War. Yeah, I wish there would have been some little lead up or anything, but yeah, they didn't give us anything for Infinity War. Yeah, and like they show Bucky, but I mean that didn't really do it for me. Yeah, like the the scene, the end scenes were kind of the Bucky scene was like uh, I like more what he talked. Like I said, I thought when he talked at his speech, I thought that was like a very nice speech. But again, I just wish they would have tied it into the Infinity War because that. As a kid or as a young person reading Infinity War, that tied all of Marvel together to me. You know what I'm saying? That was like their, for me, that was the best storyline in that time period for me. So, I agree with that. No, I, I liked it. It was a great movie. It was a great movie. Like I said, it's a bummer that they always have to kill off all the bad guys and 
Killmonger was probably my favorite part of the movie. And they, maybe that's just because from my own, I was never a SEAL or anything, but I got to do work with, uh, with SOCOM and do special stuff. And so I, I, I don't know. I like to kill longer. Yeah. His focus, I mean, his focus was amazing. And like his, just what he took for him to get there was amazing. It made like, it showed you the type of man he was. He, he was beast, man. Like he made, uh, Black Panther looked kind of small. He did. And then like his facial expressions when he was fighting them and killing them and everything, like he, he played that character to a T. Like everything I think you would want, he gave you or whatever. I, right. I wish they would have made. Actually, I wish Michael B. Jordan would have. They would have found some role for him to be a good guy and be, get a recurring role in the MCU because I love him as an actor. That's a good question. I, just, I felt it, it just sucked. Like just for him just to be a villain. Like oh, I wish he could have been like someone good, you know, and been down the road. Yeah. You know, like, uh, even down the road, you know, like a couple movies away, five movies away, or something like that. Like. I don't know. Yeah, uh, he, if they kept him in this movie and then they did, like, so this is where, like, Batman versus Superman, right? Like, you bring a bigger villain in, so they have to join up to take the bigger villain down, and that's the way you can save him. Like, you can save his life in this movie, like, if they would have did that. Um, but I loved him. I loved him. I, like I said, I think he paid, plays, like, that little kind of, like, even like a Luke Cage type character, that kind of, I'm from the streets, I'm, I have a chip on my shoulder type character. I think he plays those roles to a T. So. I, I even liked him in Fantastic Four, and that movie was horrible. Yeah, it was. He was he was actually one of the better parts of it. Yeah, he's the only good, he was like, yeah, one of the only good parts about that movie. <laughs> Were you surprised that they killed, that he killed Claw? Ah, uh, yeah, dude, I was hoping Claw would get away or something, like, yeah, and it I mean, I understand why they had to use it, but like I said, there's Claw didn't have to go out like that. There, Claw could have been so much more. Like Andy Serkis, like he's just an awesome, awesome actor. You know, he's an awesome actor too. I just would love to have seen more of him down the road. Yeah, like I mean, to your point, they had for the plot they had to kill him, right? But yeah, exactly. He did such a good job as Claw, and he could have been used in other. And other plot points or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like he could have been using other, like, in, uh, like they used him in Age of Ultron, right? Like he wasn't, he was just a little badass person. They could have used him in those big kind of roles throughout the MCU or whatever. So right. Let me and see. also liked how how what's his name Agent uh, what's his name Ross? Not was it Ross? Everett Ross? It was Everett Ross. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I like him too, just because I like Hobbits. Yeah. I like all the Hobbit movies, so. <laughs> Like, <laughs> was he? he uh, not Bilbo, but yeah, wasn't he Bilbo Baggins? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love him. Yeah, yeah. they they did a good job. I thought the dude from Get Out had too much on. Did you see Get Out the movie? Oh yeah, definitely. I love Get Out. That was a good movie. Yeah, I thought that he had too much screen time, but I, I um, I like that dude. I think he, yeah, I think he deserved it. Like he, he's this is like the next step, you know? Like like you just said, he he had Get Out. This is his next like big movie. Yeah. I like what they yeah, did with Forrest Whitaker. He earned that a little bit more screen time. I could, I can agree with that. I like what they did with Forrest Whitaker. I like how they kind of did his character. Oh, he's, always, he's always awesome. Yeah, Forrest yeah. Whitaker's always awesome. Yeah. Lazy eye. I love him. <laughs> yeah. So, overall, what would you give it? Overall, I'd say like an 8.5 8. out of 10. Mm-hmm. Where nothing's, nothing's gotten a 10 out of 10. You know, like, out of everything, you know, to me, like Captain... Captain America's Civil War sitting at probably a nine point five. Okay, so for I, that was going to be my follow up question. Eight point seven five. Okay, so eight point seven five. 
Yeah. I say seeing it a second time, it actually it was an eight for me, but seeing it a second time kind of put me like at a eight point close high eights to nine. Nine would be the max. I have to rethink about it, but it wasn't it wasn't if we tear comic book movies in general, I think Batman with the Joker is on a tier of its own. And then a step below that is kind of the X-Men, um, the five, um, what was the last one? Not, what was the one with Magneto when he, um, lifted the White House out of the thing? Days of Future's Past? Days of Future Past would be in the second tier. Days of Future Past in first class and Civil War would be in that next tier. I think Black Panther is probably at the end of that tier, the beginning of the following tier. So it's very high in comic book movies for me. It's not perfect. It has flaws, but it's. It's in. The, it's not in the first tier. Maybe in the second tier or third tier comic book. Right. Yeah. For me. That's so. right where it is for me. I'm trying to. The only other movie I have that's like a nine point five for comic book movies is probably Logan. Logan's so Logan's in that second tier too. So like X Men: Days of Future oh, Past. My top tier. Like Logan and Civil War are probably the best comic book movies ever to me. Better than Batman with the Joker. Like you're talking like. Uh, I'm talking both DC and Marvel. Eighty nine. Uh-huh. Batman? No, no, I'm talking Batman, the one with the Dark Knight, the joke. Oh, I mean, uh, yeah, that was, I would say, I don't know, I would say yeah, just because that feels like it happened so long ago. <laughs> These ones, I don't know. No, nah, so you're making me read. I would have to say so, I would have to say so, like the Joker and the Batman in that, don't get me wrong, it's awesome, but... I would give that movie like a nine point two five. You're making me rethink mine because you're back. The Dark Knight is an amazing movie, and it you know it transformed the way a lot of movies were done, right? So that set the path for DC in general. But it had flaws in it, and like you said, like for me, X Men: Days of Future Past, Civil War, and Logan don't have that many flaws. So you may be you you're making me think it. So they're all on the I same too. And I'm not trying to sound like a dick or anything. Heath Ledger did an amazing job, and he's probably one of the best Jokers, if not the best Joker. I think the movie got a lot more attention due to his death. I agree with that. I, so I, I was talking to a friend about that. So I was like, it's put on a pedestal almost. Exactly. You know so saying? like, so nothing makes you nothing makes you more famous than death, right? Like Mike. I mean, right. that's everybody, right? Michael Jackson died, and his. What we thought of him? I don't know. I, I don't know about you. That's probably the wrong out of everyone you could have picked. That's probably the wrong one to use. <laughs> well, no, no, no. So I'm saying it to say like, no, he couldn't be more famous, dude. He was. <laughs> no, no. I'm saying like he was in a bad place. Like you know, he was courts and all that. So publicly, yeah. he was looking, and then he died, and then everybody forgot all the bad stuff. And right, you know, people right. were killing themselves because he died. So like he like you just remember the good about him so kind of yeah, just like Aaron Hernandez that dude fucking killed a couple people got sentenced to jail and committed suicide in jail and then everyone's like oh his brain was messed up it's okay and then because he died before his sentence was carried out like all his convictions kind of get swept under the rug so yeah it's kind of messed up like all his bad stuff got swept under the rug pretty much as soon as he committed suicide yeah so kind of the Heath Ledger's performance was great Really good, but I think it's over to yes. your point. It's overrated because he died or whatever. So yes, I'm trying to think. You just you just blew my mind because Logan was. I didn't have any flaws in Logan. Oh, actually, gosh, man. Logan's top notch, dude. It is. The only flaw I would say in Logan, I mean, not to go too far off the rails here. The only flaw I would have for Logan is that it wasn't in the real villain. I mean, that fake Logan that they created, I could have did without that or whatever. 
I think that would have been a perfect time for them to actually bring back like Sabretooth or something. Yeah. They could have did something more with that. But yeah, I can agree with that. But yeah, but yeah, it's still, it's still a 9.5. Oh yeah, it's not bad. That's just like, if you, like I say, it was. Yeah, the only flaw I could find, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a very minimal flaw. Like it's just, I don't know, just the way everything's so poetic and like, I don't know. Professor X, I start getting watery. I like, no, that's my professor. Like, what's wrong? Like, what's going on in this new future world? I don't like it. It was great because they did everything you thought, right? So they did the stuff you thought and turned upside down. They, oh, so every damn in that movie, yeah. every damn the the white powder looking mutant that finds other mutants. I felt so sad for him. That was great. And then Captain America: Civil War. Uh, that didn't have any flaws to me. America Civil War. Uh, you can't get much better than that. Yeah, that was that giant man scene, like the big fight scene and everything. Like, uh, and it's amazing because the concept it did the same concept as DC, right? So the Batman versus Superman and Captain Captain America Civil War was kind of the same concept, right? Like two heroes sit on the opposite fence for whatever cause or whatever for whatever reason. And yeah, but you had two heroes with two different teams. Exactly. Civil War, and then. In Justice League, it's just like some petty shit. Like, I feel this way. Well, I feel this way. I don't like you. You don't like me. It's like, nah, man, I got my whole squad with me. We don't like your shit. <laughs> That's awesome. And to me, Captain America kicked Batman versus Superman ass for the simple fact that oh, yeah. less is more. So, like, just have that whole Baron Zemo scene where he explained when they were fighting how he turned them against each other. Where he was like, it just, you know, right. I, it, I never could beat them, you know. So I had to turn them on each other and all it took was some patience or whatever. That was like a amazing scene because yep. they took, I mean, they did, they took a villain who had literally no power and just had determination. And, as, and he just used determination to kind of take down the most powerful unit in the, in um, the MCU at the time or whatever. So, yep, I'd agree with that. So you're right. You just flipped, you just flipped me. So <laughs> my top tier would be Captain America, Logan, Batman. And I'm gonna put Days of Future Past cause I thought Days of Future Past was a, that was a good ass movie to me. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. And so like, yeah, those would be my top ten. Then, like you said, maybe It's Men First Class and like I said, Black Panther would be kinda on the tail end of that, maybe the third tier or whatever. So that's it. Alright. So as we wrap up, do you have any toys you're looking forward to coming out soon? Uh no, you know, I don't think there's there's much. There's the MAS Megatron. Like, I'm looking forward to him. Okay. The Toys Alliance, like the 18-inch Oh, yeah, it's, Megatron. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay, I love, I got the Optimus Prime, and I love him. He's oh. dope as shit. So, I mean, he's about the next big one that's coming out, besides all, like, the little Mezco figures and stuff. But the next, like, figure I'm really, really excited for is that Sola Chigokin Dragon Zord. But then also Toy Fair, they released so many toys. Like, oh, uh, I don't even want to. You know what? No, that's a that's a that's a can right there, dude. Yeah, that's a rabbit hole. We can go there right now. Like, no, there's a lot of stuff from Toy Fair. I'm starting to think about that. Uh, like Goro, like Storm Collectibles Goro from the Mortal Kombat line. Wow, he looks amazing. The forearm, that's the guy with the forearms, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him. Yeah, I don't know. Like, that's a good question. What are you thinking about what are you what are you looking forward to? So you're starting to get into another Marvel Legends. So, I mean, Transformers kind of wrapping up for you. Transformers are wrapping up for me. So I'm looking at Marvel Legends. I'm actually go laugh. I actually like the only reason I don't kind of dip my toe into this line because I really got to find spaces, hot toys. 
So that I I talked to you about that Hot Toys Emperor, even though uh-huh. it was sold out everywhere. I I got you know I kind of want to go kind of down that Hot Toys route, especially for like. So I think so. These are old figures, kind of that I'm just looking into. But like they got a Batman with an Alfred in like a um armory. Yeah. Uh huh. I I really like that. I'm um, six hundred. Like yeah, six hundred, seven hundred dollars. So I, I don't know how much I like it, but I like I'm a sucker for like armories and things of that nature. So like the right. Tony Stark with the um the Iron Man with the with the armory where they take where you can take out the arm off him. You know, I'm kind. You got that one. Yep. I, I got the Iron Man with the with this Hall of Armor piece, and like the Hall of Armor piece has a remote, and so you could turn it on, and then like you could light up all the different lights, different ways, and stuff, and. I dabble in Hot Toys a little bit. Like, I got the Emperor with his throne. Like, I, I got him. I secured him. And then um, I, I just got the Hot Toys uh, Hulkbuster. So that's another big toy. Like, he's just he's still in his big bad toy box. Like, I haven't opened him yet. So explain to me. I'm a newbie to Hot Toys. So everybody raves about Hot Toys. That's pretty much the only, you know, experience I have with Hot Toys. What what Tell me, as somebody who has Hot Toys, is it worth the are they worth the price for what you see? Uh, is it worth the price? That's that's the hard part right there. If, if you don't mind spending three hundred dollars on a figure, two dollars and some change on a figure, then yeah, they're worth it. Um, mine. The only I've only come across one bad figure ever on a Hot Toys figure, and it was their Alien Warrior uh, figure, and that's just a horrible figure. It has it has like you know twelve pieces of articulation, but you can barely move it. That's just a horrible figure. But that's the only one I've ever come across that was a bad figure out of Hot Toys. I love all my Hot Toys. And I have some more pre-ordered, like, this year. Um, like, I really, I have I have a Hot Toys Hulk, but I loved Hulk in uh, Thor Ragnarok. I loved Thor Ragnarok. That's one of my favorites. It's not the greatest. It's not a 9.5, but for fun and just enjoying a movie, that was an awesome, awesome movie. I liked it. I thought, so, I, I say this. I thought Thor had it was more so rewatch. Much fun. It was just fun to me. I thought it, I think it has more rewatchable value than Black Panther. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. So it's just two different tones. Like yeah, yeah. Black Panther with the origin story, and they got to you know get stuff out of the way. And but yeah, I, I'm trying to think of. I'm really excited. Oh, Anakin! I'm getting Anakin Hot Toys. Oh, you pre-ordered it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anakin definitely in Yondu. So I have all the Hot Toys um, Guardians. Like, I'm collecting all the Guardians of the Galaxy. And the only one I don't have is Gamora, which it's kind of. Um, it's, a, it's funny. It's. I don't know. So Gamora has synthetic hair. Okay. With her uh, figure, right? Uh huh. To me, that's a doll. If a figure has synthetic hair, that's a doll. And this is just me being the way I am. And the last thing I want someone to say to me is like, oh, you collect dolls. It's like, no, I collect action figures or I collect, you know, whatever. But I don't collect dolls. So so I haven't gotten her for the sole purpose. Because she, if she had molded hair like Thor, like Thor's got molded hair, I would have her. But since it's synthetic hair and that, to me, defines her as a doll, I, I won't pick her. So synthetic hair is like what, like no shade, what Barbies have, like where it's like, yes, it's okay. like Barbie. okay, 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 um, 
Why did they do that with her? Because she's a female character, or do they yeah, do? Yeah, most of the female characters they do that. Black Widow, like I don't have any Black Widow figures because of that. Okay, you know, I'm just not a fan. Like, I don't want to collect. You know, someone to be like, oh, you collect dolls. Like that's just no. I got teased enough when I was younger. When I would, I still have you know play with toys when I was like in the seventh, eighth grade. I would get teased. Like that's not happening again. I understand. <laughs> I understand completely. So yes, get hot toys if you want to. If you want to get into something, yeah, get into them, but don't feel like you need to be a completionist with Hot Toys just because of their price. Yeah, because I'm looking at my collection. A completionist of Hot Toys will pretty much be just as much, if not more, of my whole collection or whatever. So. You can look at it. There's a dude that's done, he's collected a lot of the Iron Man figures His huh? on YouTube. His name's Budget Stark. He's just recently stopped doing his YouTube channel, but you can go back and see, like, he's in Hong Kong. He lives in Hong Kong right down the street from where Hot Toys releases their figures and stuff, and that dude's got a Iron Man Hot Toys collection. He's got prototype stuff. He's got, custom, like, people over there took apart, like, the Mark, I don't, I'm not sure, like, the Mark 46 or whatever, took it apart piece by piece and then they molded each piece of the hot toys plastic in different colors of clear plastic so he's got different like hot toys that are just straight up customs like that's piece per piece but it's like green like a glowing gamma green or something oh wow you know he's got amazing pieces dude amazing he's got like a lighting system like he there's a lighting system for hot toys iron man figures that you could put in all the batteries spots and then you can hide the wires like behind the figure you have to hide them basically on how you display your figure but it puts it up so you can put all your figures on a remote and so you could just put a remote and point at it and then all your hot toys iron man figures light up and that's a custom or that comes that stock out the box no that's a, that's a custom electronic like i'm not sure when i was looking at it, i want to say it was like a hundred bucks or something like that just for like you could slide it up into because each hand has a battery compartment you know uh his head has a battery compartment his chest has a battery compartment sometimes the bottoms of his boots have battery compartments for all the led lights and the arc reactors and stuff mm-hmm. and so basically instead of having those watch batteries you put this wiring in and seal it up and stuff and it acts just like a battery but it's plugged in would you do that to yours Ooh, if if for price, like if I could find one, I would do it with my Hulkbuster, definitely. Okay, but I, it's too expensive. Like yeah. th- this dude, like that's all he collects. You know how you just do Transformers? You know you're branching out. Yeah. Nah, this dude just does Hot Toys Iron Man, and so I mean he's got every single one. Plus, like I said, every custom, like a bunch of customs and stuff. Like I said, Budget Start. Check him out on YouTube. Budget Start. I'm gonna look him up soon. We get off get offline. He's on Instagram now. Like, he's trying to build his Instagram, but yeah, check him out on YouTube. Amazing stuff. I'm going to look it up as soon as we get offline. It's interesting what you can do when you have a super-focused collection. Like, he's only just doing one character. Yeah, but he lives in the middle of Hong Kong. Like, he lives in the the, the mecca or the capital of of high-end collecting figures. Like, Sentinel, all those people, all those high-end Japanese, uh, you know, places. Like, right there in Hong Kong, man. Right there. Hong Kong's China. Yeah, yeah. Oh man! But yeah, tons of stuff, man. It's crazy. That's like the so much cool stuff that was only that's only available there. Even like 
in some of his videos, he'll just show you like different stores, and there's just so many different stores there. It's just, and some of those stores there get their own exclusive figures. I saw that from a dude that we'll never see the late. We'll never see for sale in the states. I saw I saw that from a dude. I saw that from a dude in Hong Kong because he was like a lot of their cultures like repaint culture or whatever, and so he was like, "Isn't like customs and like limited editions?" Exactly. So he was like, "It's nothing to have for people to have the same figure, thirty different versions. That's customs, limited editions, repaints, whatever." That's kind of like Budget Stark. That's what kind of his was is too. Like so much custom stuff. Well, let everybody know where they can find you at. I'm at Jal Horton on Instagram, and I don't do Facebook or anything else. I'm just on Instagram. Me too. I'm DW underscore RTR. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back soon with another great episode. All right. Take it easy, guys. Thanks.